a blessed life. And we're going to be talking about a blessed life, not a blessed pocketbook, not a blessed anything, a blessed life. Your marriage walking in blessing, the relationship with your children in blessing, the relationship with your coworkers in blessing. We're going to talk today about a blessed life. And I want to start in the book of Matthew chapter 7. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, and then we're going to read the parallel verse in Luke chapter 6. So if you want to toggle those in between your fingers, Matthew chapter 7 to start. We're going to read verses 1 and 2. Today's message is titled, It's All About the Heart. Matthew chapter 7, it's all about the heart. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 7 says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I'm going to read it one more time. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Say it with me. Judge not that you not be judged. Come on, one more time. Judge not that you not be judged. With the measure that you judge, you will be judged. Because I say it all together now. Judge not that you not be judged. With the measure that you judge, you will be judged. Now look at the parallel verse in Luke chapter 6. I'm, I'm going to read Luke chapter 6, the beginning of verse 37 and the verse of, end of verse 38. It says, judge not and you shall not be judged. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, let's dissect the middle, what I skipped, right? Verse 37, Luke chapter 6, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Is that talking about money? No. But almost every preacher will use Luke chapter 6, verse 38, and say, give and it will be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. But it's talking about our heart. Because it said, judge and you'll be judged. Condemn and you'll be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. What you give, you will get. It is a biblical law and principle of sowing and reaping. But it's not talking about money. It's talking about the issue of our heart. Is it true that God will prosper you when you give? Yes, that is absolutely true. And we're going to talk more about that, but that's not the key today. It's about a heart. Pastor Robert says that he had a counseling with a single mom. And she called and said, I can't go today, Pastor. My, I don't have babysitter. So he said, go ahead and bring your children with you. So the lady got there with the kids. They left the door open, sat the kids with his assistant and the lady says to him and says, Pastor Robert, I don't understand. My kids yell at me. Then she turns around, hey, be quiet out there. And I don't understand why they yell at me. And he said, yell and yelling will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. 
It is true that what you give, you will receive. There is no denying the law of sowing and reaping. You put one seed into the ground and out of that seed comes a, a tree that produces a fruit full of more seeds inside. True or not? But here we're dealing with the heart. And we skip that portion of the heart many times. And that's what we're going to focus on today because it's all about the heart. And so we're going to go back to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 15, God gives the solution to deal with this heart issue. Deuteronomy chapter 15, I'm going to start by reading verses 7 and 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 15. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, who gives you the land? Okay. You shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide and to him willingly lend sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Watch this again. One more time. Verse number seven. If there's anybody poor among you with the gates of your land, which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart. You know, they say that the wallet is connected to the heart. And in a sense, it's true because when somebody says, hey, let's give to this or give to that, you're like, oh, you know, as you go pull back and pull out the wallet. But it's a heart situation where God says, if someone's needing and I've given you, go give. So we're going to talk about four things to deal with our heart today. Four things. First one is found in verse number nine. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him nothing and he cry out to the Lord against you and it becomes sin among you. One more time. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying the seventh year of release is at hand. Now, watch that for a second. Let there be a wicked thought in your heart. God says, not David, not Robert Morris, God in Deuteronomy chapter 15 says that selfishness is wickedness. So the first thing we need to deal with is we need to deal with a selfish heart. Dealing with a selfish heart. It says there, your bro poor brother lends you, or asks you, and you don't want to lend it because the year is, of Jubilee is coming, the seventh year. Let me teach you what the year of Jubilee was. God had instituted among his people, the children of Israel, this principle of the every seventh year, the year of Jubilee, all debts were canceled. How many of you would love that in the United States of America? <laughs> Every seven year, credit card debt, wipe clean. Mortgage, wipe clean. Everything, wipe clean. So God tells the people, beware that a wicked thought, in Spanish it says perverse, perversa, wicked thought enter your heart saying, man, if I lend them this now and next year's a Jew of Jubilee and I'm not going to get paid back for it, let me not lend. 
But who gave you the land? God. Who gave you the thing? God. So the first thing we got to work on is dealing with a selfish heart. See, if I were to ask you this question today, why did God create giving? Right? Why did God create giving? Most people say, well, he created giving so that the kingdom of God can be advanced. Have you ever heard that before? We give so the kingdom of God can be advanced. Let me ask you this question. I mean, do you think that God is in a gold shortage in heaven where he ran out of some gold to finish the streets? I mean, the Bible says he has the cattle of a thousand hills in the book of Psalms. I mean, do you think he ran out of cattle and he needs your money? God doesn't need your money, but giving is the biggest, best way that God has to deal and pull out of you selfishness and greed. God's tool to draw out of this, out of us, selfishness and greed is giving. It's why God created giving. He doesn't need your money. I'm going to be clear. 3W Church doesn't need your money. If you choose not to give, if you choose to go somewhere else, give somewhere else, God will always provide because it's his work, not mine. But giving is the way that we push out, that God uses to push out selfishness and greed. Instituted by God. So number one, to deal with his heart situation is we've got to deal with the selfish heart. Number two, let's read verse number 10. You shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him because for this thing, the Lord, your God, will bless you in all your works, in all to which you put your hand. The second thing is we need to deal with a grieving heart. Watch this. Selfishness attacks you before you give. Grief attacks you after you give. Selfishness attacks you before. Oh, I don't want to give. The year of Jubilee is coming. They're not going to be able to pay me back. I'm going to have this thing. I don't want. It's mine. Grief. After, I mean, I don't know if it's happened to you. I know it's happened to me, right? I, I, for, I can speak a firsthand experience here. You give God a seed, an offering, what he put in your heart, and the next day you have a situation. Your refrigerator breaks, the car breaks down, something happens, and grief, all oh, if I hadn't given that offering, I'd have the money to fix this. crazy. I just had a crazy thought. <laughs> I just thought about the fact that after service, we're going out to eat and I forgot to take cash from the house. So I don't know. What? A hundred bucks. Man, I got to give my thoughts more often. Thank you, Armani. You know why he got up so quickly to give me this hundred dollars? Because I gave it to him before service. <laughs> Did it hurt? A little bit. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> like, a hundred dollars. I can buy a lot of stuff with a hundred dollars. Watch this. 
When you understand that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness, and you understand that it's not yours to begin with, it stops hurting to give it because you understood it was never yours. We've got to deal with the grieving heart because it's not mine. It's God's. And in the book of Corinthians, if you read your daily Bible reading and yesterday's Bible reading, 2 Corinthians, it talked about that. Pray and ask God what he wants you to give and then go give it. When God tells you give and you give, it doesn't hurt because you understand it's not yours. So we got to deal with the selfishness. Then we got to deal with the greed. The greed. And then, number three, we need to develop a generous heart. To develop a generous heart. Watch, look what it says in verse number 14 of Deuteronomy 15, where we're at. Go down to verse number 14. You shall supply him liberally from your flock from your threshing floor, from your wine press, from what the Lord has, your God has blessed you with, you shall give to him. Liberally. As a matter of fact, if you go, and you, we, you can go read it later, but if you go back to Luke chapter 6, what we read there in verses 37 and 38, if you read the verses leading up to it, it's the part where Jesus says, if they smack you, turn the other cheek. If they make you walk a mile, go two. If they take your tunic, give them your cloak also. In other words, give generously. As a matter of fact, when you become a generous giver, you pray and hope that they can never return it because it means God's going to return it. And God does a better job than man. So developing, or, or I'm sorry, dealing with the selfish heart Dealing with the grieving heart and then developing a generous heart. Church, I gave the example last Sunday with kids where they say, mine, 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 right? It's mine. Everything is theirs. Like I remember vividly, right? Our, our firstborn is Abigail. Abigail, everything was Abigail's. Everything, right? So then Alexandra comes around. And when Alexandra gets to that point of being able to grab stuff or things like that, there was toys that Abigail hadn't played with since she was probably one and a half or two. But they were still in a bin, right? So when Alexandra got it, Abigail would be like, but that's mine! Oh, I've been looking for it forever! <laughs> now we see the same thing with Alexandra and Samantha, right? Samantha wants it. As a matter of fact, if you want Samantha to grab something, put it in Alexandra's room. That is like, if it's Alexandra's, it's mine. I want it. And she even, it's something so cute. I don't even, I was changing her diaper the other day in the changing table, and she's looking at her clothes. She goes, this was Alexandra's. <laughs> I was like, in Spanish, I was like, this, you know, this clothes was Alexandra's? She's like, yeah. I was like, and now it's yours? She's like, yeah, but it was Alexandra's. Like, she, 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 she wants, right? She, it was her sister's. So you got to teach the child you need to share. You need to give. It's not all yours. Pastor Robert recounts a story of his granddaughter getting in the car one day with her mom and saying, Mom, after church, say, Mom, did you know there was a little old lady in the Bible that only had two pennies and she gave them to God? And the mom's like, Yeah, honey, I, I, I know. I, I, I've known, yes. 
She's like, I want to give something to God. So she says, to her, okay, pray, ask God what he wants you to give. So as they're driving, she's in the back seat. She's looking at her through the rear view mirror, and the little girl closes her eyes and puts her hands out. She's like, God, I, what do you want me to give you, God? She goes, itty bitty, but I love itty bitty. Oh, Betty baby? Oh, you can have Betty baby. I don't like her. <laughs> when a kid does that, it's cute. When a grown-up does that, it's not. So I firmly believe that God is using this part of generosity to tell us, his children, it's time to grow up and be like me, who am a generous God. So God is basically saying, it's time to develop a generous heart. Because again, we understand that the earth and its fullness is God's, not ours. Last week, I, I mentioned the thing. I said, remember, your paycheck doesn't come from your workplace. You do your work as if you do it unto God. God is just using them to pay you. It changes your mindset shift. I don't work for you. I work for God. And because I'm working for God, I'm going to do this in excellence. And because I'm doing it in excellence, you're going to recognize it. You're going to raise my salary. You're going to give me bonuses. But you know what happens? Nobody in this church, the Christians outside of 3W. They get to work late, leave early, take stuff from work, all different things, and then say, God, but bless me. But you're not doing your work as if you did it unto God. How can he bless you? I'll let that one sink in. Dealing with a selfish heart. Dealing with a grieving heart, developing a heart of generosity, a generous heart. Look what verse 15, we're still in Deuteronomy chapter 15, and look what verse 15 says. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you, therefore I command you this thing today. One more time. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing. Number four, church, we need to develop a grateful heart. A grateful heart. A grateful heart. In the book, we're going to give it to you. You're going to read it. And throughout the series, I'm going to mention Pastor Robert's testimony as he shares it. But part of his testimony is the fact that he came to Christ, became a minister, and was given this revelation from God of this blessed life and began living that way. And he's given away a ton of cars to people. Matter of fact, his first house that him and his wife had ever paid off, God said, give it to this family, and he signed the deed over. So he had gone to this church to preach the message. He had been asked to preach the message. And... They went out to eat with the pastors of the church, and the pastor's wife said, I have a question for your wife. He was there with his wife, and, and, and then they went ahead, and, and he, he says that he knew the question that was coming because it's a question they always get asked. So the question from, his, from the pastor's wife to his wife was, how did you feel when Pastor Robert told you we're giving away our house? 
she said, I rejoiced. See, you need to understand something. Robert and I got married when we weren't Christians. When he was a drug addict. When he was in X, Y, and Z. So whenever he tells me God told me give this, I look to God and say, thank you, God, for giving me a new husband. And then the pastor turned around and said, well, I got a question for you. And it was a question they had never heard. He said, but why do you think he's still so generous? He says that at that moment, a tear came down her face. And he looked at this pastor and said, he's so generous because he's never gotten over the fact that God saved him. He's never gotten over the fact that he was a drug addict and now he's helping people come to Christ. That he was this and now he's this. He's never gotten over the fact that Jesus saved him. And when we understand and remember what God has delivered us from, we live a grateful life. Grateful life. I, I, I can't express the amount of gratitude. As a matter of fact, in a few minutes, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give away the book and we're going to pray with you. Individually, by family, we're going to ask you to come up, we're going to pray for you when we give the book. But when my mom came up in the first service, I was reminded of something. It has never been difficult for me, as I grew up as a Christian, to tithe. Never been hard. Because my mom taught me how to tithe when I was 9, 10 years old. And if I got 100 bucks, I gave God 10. So it was never hard when I worked in the publishing industry and different stuff and made $100,000 to give 12 to 15,000 to God in the year. Because a lot of people say this, when I make X amount of money, then I'll give. Bro, if you can't give 10 cents on the dollar, you ain't going to give it later. We're going to talk about tithing in the future. I'm not, I said I wasn't, I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to talk about money today. But gratefulness. I, and I told my, I, I, she came up here. I said, thank you. I honor you for teaching me to be a giver when I was eight and nine years old, which we do with our daughters now. I don't have to go through the messes that my parents went through because I came to Christ when I was eight. I'm so grateful for that. And my daughters aren't going to have to go through things that we went through of growing up in a divorced home or whatever the case might be. Why? Because I grew up as a believer and so did my wife and we changed the precedent going forward. And so that gratitude is never going to leave me. So how do we deal with the heart situation? Worship team, come on up. How do we deal with the heart situation? Church, we need to deal with our selfishness. We need to deal with the grieving heart. Understand that it's all God's to begin with. We need to develop a generous heart. Who can I bless? As a matter of fact, set it into your budget. Discretionary thing that you can bless people with. And develop a grateful heart. Remembering who God is, what he did, and where he brought you out of, and where he's going to take you. Those four things are God's recipe to dealing with the heart because it's all 
a matter of the heart. A blessed life starts when you get your heart right with God and align it to Him and mimic Him. Be like Him. You know what's the biggest problem? In the church today, we have taught this, give to get. Give to get. Because He will give you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Tenfold, thirtyfold, hundredfold. You hear preachers all the time talking about it. If you give this amount of money, your God's going to bless you. If you give this, that's not biblical. <laughs> Which again leads me to the beginning. I never wanted to touch the subject because I saw so manipulation, so much manipulation. I was like, I don't even want to get near. But I went off the deep end on the other side. Do you think that God, when, when people are talking about give to get, he's there like, yes, my people got the revelation of getting. No. God says, be like me. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Everything in the Bible is about giving and giving and giving. I mean, it's all about giving. As humans, we talk about money, but it's not that. It's your time. It's your talent. It's your life. It's your everything onto him. Here I am. God, use me. As Samuel said, when he was being called by the prophet and he went to Eli and they're like, you're calling? He's like, no, I didn't. Oh, but God, I'm hearing. is like, when he, Eli finally figured out it was God, he's like, say, here I am, God. Here I am. Use me. You know, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And even in that song said, every season, man, you may be young, you may be in the middle, or you may be old. In whatever season you're in, God wants to use you. But you got to deal with the heart in order to be able to walk into a blessed life. Because it's all about the heart. Jesus, everything was about the heart. Why do you do what you do? Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Why are you doing what you do? What was he saying? It's about the heart. So again, these four things. Deal with a selfish heart. Deal with a grieving heart. Develop a generous heart. Develop a grateful heart. Because it's all about the heart. That's the essence, the key to the foundation of living a blessed life.